Welcome to C3 Tugger Church Service again. What a wonderful morning it is to be praising God. How good is, is it that we can actually still get together like this? Look There's always all. a way. Look at you all. Wonderful smiling faces all yeah. over the screen. Hey, Megan Eds. Hey, Helen. Great team. G'day, Hachos. How are you? G'day, Cam. Good to see you. Yeah, really good to see you. You're welcome. Wow. Right. Wonderful smiling faces. <clears throat> all right, so in all things, first we'll pray. So this morning, Lord, we thank you for your presence here, my God. You are such a mighty Lord. We thank you that you are here among us. We are in you and you are in us. We're abiding in you, my God. And I thank you that everyone here has just <clears throat> fought their way to get on to Zoom this morning, to be part of this service, to be part of, part of you, my God, to hear your word, to be lifted up, to be filled with your spirit, my God, as we so we can walk on and just shed your spirit, your light, love and your life to everyone around us. So I declared it this, this morning open in your name, my God. We see and believe you in faith. <clears throat> Thank you, my mighty God. Amen. 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 Hello, church. Uh, hello to anyone who's new to our church. Welcome to our service. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, and we're just delighted to see all of your beautiful faces. Uh, Annie and I have the privilege of hosting this morning. The girls are actually at um, horse riding this morning, so it's just, just got us, uh, which is good for us because we can focus on all of you. Um, <clears throat> so we're actually going to tell you a little story about what's been going on in our lives. Um, as most of you may know, we um, have been renting here in our little cottage for 14 years. And uh, about three or four months ago, the owners of the property decided to sell, which was very sad for us. So we started sort of thinking about where we were going to go. And one of our neighbors in our streets actually approached us and said, well, look, we've got a house on our property. Uh, would you like to move in? We see how well you take care of it. And would you like to move into this house? So we were like, oh, this is amazing. We didn't even have to go looking. <clears throat> so we went to this house, pretty run down, but we decided to put all our heart and soul into getting it fixed and spent about three or four weeks, um, well, Andy did, six weeks. Six, seven weeks, okay. Um, Andy did fixing the property. I mean, seriously, he, he, for those of you that know how hard Andy works and what attention to detail, he turned their garden into a paradise. He rewired their fencing. He did an incredible job. Unfortunately, um, when we came to discuss um, the final uh, amount of rent, they decided through advice from an estate agent to put the rent up. And so it became unaffordable to us. And we were really, really um, hurt and just really shocked by the whole thing um, and mentioned it to some friends of ours who uh, one of my very close friends' husband is a mortgage broker. And he uh, contacted us that afternoon and started a long conversation uh, with us and really started to challenge us about the opportunity of potentially owning a home, which we've never really thought would ever be possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we were raised for the rest of our lives. And that was the journey that we were on. Kind of um, just give it up on that dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know you shouldn't, but you kind of go, well, yeah. maybe it wasn't our dream to, mm. to start off with. And anyway, uh, over the course of the next week, we started to uh, <clears throat> sort of investigate the opportunity. And by the end of that week, he said to us, you guys need to buy a house. You need to, you, you need to get a house. And so we started looking on the first weekend and got a bit disheartened by what we could afford and what you can buy. And... Uh, Anyway, we kept pursuing it, and the following weekend, which was two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, two weeks ago, pretty much, um, 
we both kind of had Purimbong in our hearts, uh, that area, sorry, <laughs> a specific area that we were looking at. And um, we decided to go up and have a look. And there was a house there that was for sale, but it was actually direct sale. So it wasn't through an estate agent. And we went to see them and we just fell in love with the house. And so we started the, uh, the Bulls in Motion. And the amazing thing is the first time we met them, um, they actually said they're Christians. And so the first time we walked around the house, we actually then sat with them and prayed about whether or not, um, you know, we were the right people for the house. They admitted that they had another offer on the house and that they were in a cooling off period. And so, but it was just incredible that we all just, the four of us sat and prayed. Um, anyway, the following week they came back and said, uh, the other people have pulled out and um, would we still be interested? And so we said, yes. And so we brought the girls back because obviously we're a family. So we all four of us have to like it. So we brought the girls back and they were so beautiful. They were showing us around the house and they were saying, oh, this is your room, Maddie. And this is your room, Sophie. And, and it was just, it was like we'd come home. Mm. And then uh, just before we left again, Joy, the lady, she took all of us and we all sat on the ground in the lounge and we all prayed. So we had six of us in the lounge praying. And then that was on the Tuesday. And then we put in the offer on the Friday. And on Thursday this last week at seven o'clock, our mortgage broker phoned to say, all the approved. You now own a home. Bang. <laughs> so, <laughs> bang. <laughs> so we're, we're in shock. I think, yeah. I think we, when um, our mortgage broker said, it's all you've been approved. We've done the pest inspection. We've done the building inspection. Like all your papers, all your bank account. Like I've never, all of you that own homes know the journey you go through normally. We did it in two weeks. And so the amount of paperwork and the amount of stuff that we did in <clears> two <throat> weeks was nothing short of a miracle. Right. This entire journey <clears throat> has been a miracle from <clears throat> four weeks. Four weeks ago, we were moving down the road. Now we've bought a home for our family, which <clears throat> we didn't think was possible. <clears throat> and God just steered the whole way through and the owners are christians have prayed with us all the way through you know he'd send me little messages god bless uh the inspector came today god bless you know praise god all the way you know we're down in the dumps and he's just turned it around like god's just turned it around like that and we're victors victors in christ you know? that's right so good and 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 thank you Lord. and so it just it comes back to um the tithing message by the way which is what this is um We've just been really, really faithful to God in our tithing. Not because, and you know, um, someone said a few weeks ago, your tithing is not about what's forward, it's what, what he's already done. And that really hit me after, you know, 49 years of, of being human and probably 40 being a Christian, that God's already ahead of it. God's already got the plan for us. And mm -hmm. in a season right now, which is covered with Corona, job losses, so much um, angst and worry, hear the peathers, mm -hmm forging through to buy a home you know yeah. everybody's kind of like so, yeah. well, well, history. Oh, from yeah. history like yeah. we, we just kind of he just held our hand and walked us through these theaters the whole way the whole way through yeah. and so yeah. so we are we're in shock yeah. um but we're so excited so hopefully in january <clears throat> the owners of our current home have said no problem there's no rush you go yeah. when you need to go they're so excited they're like they're giving us furniture from their home because they've sold and they're downsizing yeah. And so, yeah, so, and I feel like God's just taking me through the Psalms at the moment. And it's funny because I'm hearing a lot of people using a lot of Psalms. And one of the Psalms um, to, that comes to mind today is Psalm 1611. 
where it says, you lead me in the path of life and I experience absolute joy in your presence. So we're in a real season of joy, um, but we've been so committed to staying on the path. So if I can give anyone any advice right now, just stay in your lane, stay where God needs you, where he wants you. He's got gifts for you. He delights in us. He's got something for every single one of you out there. Everyone who has a burning desire. And I, you know, I'm 49. I turned 50 next year. I'm 49 and I'm buying my first home. And it's never can, too late. It's never too late no. for what God's. But it's his That's perfect right. timing, isn't it? Yeah. It's exactly. his perfect timing. So Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank mm. you for the opportunity mm. to sow into your house, into the work that our church is doing for our pastors, yes. all of the charities and organizations, Lord, that we have, um, that we support. <clears throat> but Father, also just to show you our hearts to you, God, mm. because when one is high, another is low, we can support and carry. So we know we're going to go through both seasons and God, there'll be people in our community to carry us. So Lord, we thank you for joy and we thank you for, we thank you for our home mm -hmm. and we invite all of our church family to come and be in our home to celebrate it. And so Lord, we thank you. And, uh, you know, may we all just honor you with our tithes and our offerings this week in Jesus name. Amen. Father, we just dedicate the word of God to you this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would speak and we'd open our hearts. Just put your hands on your heart this morning. Father, we open our hearts to hear the word of the Lord this morning. We honor and respect the word of God and we position ourselves to hear the voice of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I've been really, um, really seeking God. God's been speaking really clearly to me of late because I've been purposely just setting myself aside and pushing in through the darkness, through the confusion, through the, the heaviness that has been over all of us. I've purposely set myself to seek God and push through that. And it hasn't been easy. All of you would probably say the same thing. It's not been an easy thing to seek God right now in this time and in this hour because there's just such a darkness. There's such a darkness that's covering us that it takes a lot to push through that. But I purposely pushed through it. Even at times where I didn't feel God, I was still going, God, you are here and you're going to speak to me and I'm not going to let go of you until you speak to me. You know, We saw Jacob wrestling an angel. He said to the angel, I'm not going to let go of you unless you bless me. And I've been like that with God. I've been wrestling God for you, for me, for our church, for this region, for this nation, wrestling with God and saying, God, I'm not going to let go unless you speak to me. Amen. It's so imperative that we hear God's voice right now. So imperative that we hear God's voice above all the noise, above all the voices, above all the opinions, above all the YouTubes, above all the whatever theories people have about above all that noise because all that noise is carrying with it a great darkness that's covering the earth you see it's a great darkness that covers the earth but you see we we are people who are called to walk through the shadow of death and have no fear because it's just a shadow people you know Walk through the shadow of death and have no fear. It's just a shadow. And if we can open our eyes to see that it's just a shadow, 
because light is always greater than darkness, the light that is within us. We will get the breakthrough. Instead of hovering under this darkness and feeling like our minds are clouded and our world is clouded, we have to declare it's just a shadow and rise up and walk through these things. Amen. You know, through the month of Abide, we've been talking about and we don't just talk about things because we think well that's a good idea let's talk about that it's like God speaks to us as a as a as a leadership team and he begins to speak to us about what he wants to do to prepare us for the next stage at the moment I uh, the other night I watched a great movie thank you Pauline Flannery for uh, suggesting that I watched a great movie called Harriet and and you know it's not for kids but watch it it's amazing it's on netflix at the moment it's called harriet and in in this this is a true story a depiction of a woman who rises up out of slavery and declares that she will be free and everyone says well you'll never be free there's no freedom it's never going to happen you know the, the 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 policies are this the government is this this is the way it is you are slave for the rest of your life and she rises up and declares, no, I will not be a slave. And God begins to speak to her through visions and dreams in this movie. And it's a true story. And she goes into this kind of trance state and God shows her how she can walk into freedom. And she escapes and he shows her, don't go that way, go that way. Don't go that way, go that way. And he protects her and he watches over and you see the, the way that God moves her life to bring her into the freedom that she declared. And she declared it then not just for herself, but for all the people that she knew were still in bondage. All her family, all her friends, they're still in slavery. I can't enjoy my freedom while they're still in bondage and they're still in slavery. And so she began to have visions and dreams about how to go back in and get them out. And it's an incredible movie about how God shows her through dreams and visions how to get hundreds of slaves out and how to stand for the abol uh, abolish abolishment of slavery. You know, that's what I feel like. I, that's what I feel like we as a church are. You know, we have this freedom that God has given us. We are free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. We've been given freedom, amen? And there is a whole world that's under the shadow of darkness. And we know it's just a shadow. We know it's just a shadow. And they might say, oh, this is the way it is now. No, you know, this is the end of the world. This is an impossible situation. The governments are saying this, so there's no way through. But I'm telling you, church, that there is always a way through. If the voice of God speaks to us, we will know when to turn right, when to turn left. We will know what to say and what not to say. And he will give us the ability and the equipping to go back in and bring into freedom those that are still in slavery. He will give us the words and the ways and he will show us the means. He will give us the finances and, and the abundance of, of provision, even in the midst of in the midst of darkness, he will shine his light on us and he will call his deliverers to go and deliver others. Amen. And this is why I'm saying this spectator sport thing is, is finished. You no, know, 
for some reason, the Western church has built the church around the one man show. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, come and watch this man and watch him while he prays for the sick and they get healed. Come and watch him while he prays for the lost and they get saved. Come and watch this woman as she does this. Do you know what I mean? And what it's done, it is put the body of Christ into cages that they are, that they are, they are not free. They're in cages of slavery, slavery to not even knowing what their identity is and what they're called to do on this earth. And we come to church and we sit in our seats and we leave church, you know, and we might have heard a good word and we might have had some good worship, but we leave church. Now, church is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. We come to church so that we can meet with God, be to experience God to be transformed by his presence, to belong, and then to go out into the world with the glory and the power that's been given to us and transmit that onto other people and let them share in the light that God has given us. Amen. When Jesus walked the earth, Jesus came from heaven and Jesus brought with him a portion of the glory of God. He was all man, yet he was all God. And when he walked on the earth, he opened up a portal or a gateway to heaven. And wherever he went, that portal or that gateway was opened up over everyone he came into contact with. He had a direct access to the Father and a direct access to heaven. And he would speak with the Father, and he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And they were in complete union together as he walked the earth. And everyone who came into contact with him came into contact with heaven and into contact with the Father because Jesus carried the very presence and the glory of his Father, and he came to reveal his Father. And it was like he was in this portal. I call it a portal. You might call it a gateway. It was like a door into the, into the heavenly realm, a door into, into a realm that people had never experienced or seen before, a door into a realm where people in, were, were in darkness and sickness one moment and the next minute they're in light and health, a door that Jesus opened because Jesus is the door. He opens the door. And people come in and they come into a different place than they've ever been before. And you know what? Jesus said, now you are the door. That same presence of God is on you. And I'm not talking on the preacher, the evangelist, the one that's out there doing miracles in grand scales. I'm talking about the housewife. I'm talking about the child. I'm talking about the young person. That God has got something on you. And I know you can feel it. I know you can feel that there's an uncovering and a release of the slavery of sitting in pews and sitting in seats and not being effective and not knowing your identity in Christ and who you are. Do you think the enemy wants you, each individual one of you, to know who you are? Do you really think he wants that? Do you think he wants the light of God and the glory of God covering the whole earth as the waters cover the sea, as his people arise in the darkest days 
and shine a light. You know, Isaiah chapter 60 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth. A deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth, but the Lord will rise up new, and his glory shall be seen in you. Nations will come to the brightness of of your dawning and kings every knee shall bow when every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and when the king of kings is revealed when the lord of lords is revealed in all his glory you the church will carry that same glory you know people say are we living in the last days I would say we are definitely in the birth pangs of the last days but not in the last of the last days we have time and we have, we have space. God has a plan. He is not coming back for a weak bride. He is not coming back for a, for a church that is covered in fear and hiding. Church. Jesus said, I'm coming back for a glorious church. Now look around you and tell me if you see the glorious church yet. And that will tell you whether in the last moments of the last days. No, we're not. Because the glorious church hasn't arisen as yet. Do you think that God doesn't have a plan? Do you think that Satan has all the plans and God has been caught out? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. My God, my master, my king. He has the plan, the God of the whole universe. Do you think that he's been caught off guard by some trickery of Satan releasing a, a, a pandemic? And, and shutting his church down. No, God knew exactly what was going to happen and he knew exactly what he was going to bring out of that because out of death comes resurrection. Jesus was in the earth for three days and everyone had given up. He's dead. The promise is dead. It's all over. But three days later, there was a great shaking. There was a great shaking. There was a great earthquake and what everybody had not expected happened. Jesus rose from the dead. A glorified Christ appeared to hundreds of people, the glorified Christ. Now, if we say we are now entering into the book of Revelations, which I do believe we are in the book of Revelations right now, straight away fear strikes the heart of people, and that's not what God wants. He didn't write a book so we would be afraid. He wrote a book so that we would know what's going to happen, just like in that movie with Harriet. You know, God let her know what was going to happen before it happened so she could prepare herself and so she could release people from bondage and bring all the slaves into freedom and bring the greatest harvest in. That's what it's all about. You need to know what's happening and not be afraid of it. We need to be informed. Now we say, okay, this is the book of Revelations as God is, is leading us into. We have to understand what that means. What does that word mean, the book of Revelation? We would often say, okay, it's the revealing of the beast. It's the revealing of the, the, the wars and the famine. And, you know, we go into all that rhetoric because we don't ever want to read that book because it's just like too yucky. But do you want me to tell you what the book of Revelation means? That word revelation means the revealing of Jesus Christ. 
the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of the glory of God, the unveiling of the perfect plan of God, the unveiling of his glorious church, the unveiling of the purified bride, the unveiling of those that have been purified through fire and came up with gold, the unveiling of the power and the glory. If you think the book of Acts was something to go wow about, you have, you have no idea what we're about to walk into because we're about to walk in something where, where the, the, the full manifestation of heaven is going to come upon us. When Jesus walked around, he, he walked in this portal and we know that Jacob saw that. We know that Jacob, when he was running and he, he lays in the desert with his head on a rock and he sees, he see, he's awakened in this vision and he sees he sees heaven open and he sees angels ascending and descending. Angels ascending and descending. And he says this. He says, God was in this place and I was not aware of it. People, it's time to wake up and know that God is in this place. And we need to get aware of it. We need to wake up and realize that there are portals opening over our lives where we see angels ascending and descending. And then he said these incredible words. He said, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway of heaven. Now, I ask you, going back to church, people say, what is church? What does church in this of God opens up and angels ascend and descend and the very power of God comes into a room the very presence of the living God transforms and changes people the very presence of God comes and touches our heart with love and with glory and so we're transformed from the inside out I'm telling you I've lived and we have lived in times of revival. And many of us here have, some of us have never seen revival. Some of us have never experienced. But let me tell you, as, as a pioneer in revival days, that when God comes like that, honestly, there is no words to describe it. When his manifest kind of glory falls on us and you, there's no words to speak, there's nothing to say. You just know God is in the room. You know, when they, when they first established, when Solomon first established the temple of God as spoken by David to build my temple, you build my house. You build my house, Solomon, because God has ordained you to build it and not me. And, and he said to Solomon, make sure that you do everything according to what God has told you. Build it the way God has told you, Solomon. And it says when Solomon dedicated the temple to God, the glory of God came so strong that the priests could not even stand to do, to, to do their work. They couldn't even stand. They couldn't even stand in the very presence of God because the temple was dedicated to God. Amen? This is my prayer. And I know that this is in the heart of many of you or you wouldn't belong to a church such, of our, such as ours. You would go to a comfortable place, a nice church that's going to tickle you with nice messages and make you feel comfortable and safe. But I'm telling you this, I don't want you to be safe. I want you to, I want you to be glory carriers and we want you 
to be the ones that are the deliverers that you're called to be, to stand up in your own homes, in your own workplaces, in the shopping centres, wherever you are, and carry something of God that's going to change the very atmosphere over people's lives. Amen. When I go back into that house, I'm telling you what I'm expecting. I'm expecting for the glory of God to come. As we rededicate the house of God to, to him, to his glory, to his purposes, that it's not just a social club. It's not just a place where we come to meet with our friends and have a cup of coffee. You can do that anywhere, anytime. But this is where we come to meet with God. And yes, we meet with each other. Yes, we love each other. Yes, we're a community. Yes, we're brothers and sisters. Yes, we're a family. Yes, we belong. And God does all that in the midst of it. But the main primary purpose for the church is that it is a gateway of heaven. Again, let me say what Jacob said. This is, this is a gateway of heaven. This is none other than the house of God. He was drawing a plan. He was speaking a prophetic word of, of what we should fashion the church after. What is the church going to be different when we go back? Well, I'm telling you this. It can't be different unless you're different. We can pray, we can worship, we can fast, we can believe for God to come. We can, we can do everything we can to pull down the glory of God as your leaders, and we do. We spend our lives in worship. We spend our lives in prayer. We spend our lives in intercession. But you know what? You can come into that place and you cannot have an expectation, an open heart, and it stops God. It stops God. You can be the roadblock to the move of God. You. Because God wants to move in you. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to transform you. He wants to take you out of darkness. He wants to get rid of your anxiety. He wants to heal your body. He wants to hear your worship. He wants to you open your mouth and hear your praise. He's waiting for you. And I believe all the years that I'm, I'm just shooting here because I'm not even looking at my notes, forget the notes, I've just thrown them away because I feel like God is speaking this morning and I feel possessed by the Holy Spirit to speak these things to you. And I'm praying that you will receive them and I'm praying that your ears will be open and your hearts would be on fire for God. You know, it says in the word of God, Jeremiah says, his, his word was like fire shut upon my bones. It's like his word is like fire shut up in my bones. How can you not let the fire out that's shut up inside? Don't shut it up inside your bones. Don't shut the word of God and who he is. Don't lock it up inside a cage of unbelief. You know, I've been, we've been, we've, we've lived through a revival. We've seen it. We've tasted it. We've felt it. But what God is going to do in this day far exceeds anything the earth has ever seen. It says that the prophets would have done anything to live in the day that we're living in now. And we, we, we see the great cloud of witnesses. They're up there. You see Moses and Abraham and Joshua and Joseph and Jacob. They're all up there. 
And they're all saying, I wish I was on earth right now because of the fulfillment of everything that we dreamed about, the fulfillment, everything we preach, the fulfillment of everything we've done in our lives is about to happen on the earth and I wish I was there. But God didn't choose Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He didn't choose Moses to be here right now. He chose you. He chose you. He chose you, 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 your family, you. He chose you to be a deliverer. He chose you as a Moses. He chose you as a Jacob. He chose you as an Isaac. He chose you as a Joshua. He chose you as a Joseph. He chose you. Look at all the patriarchs. Look at what they carry. Each one of you is going to carry a portion of what the patriarchs carried. Each one of you will carry that. I know that the Lord showed me that there is a generation of young children right now, and I know I'm looking at some of them on the screen, who are going to be a generation of children, the Lord told me, who are going to walk as Enoch walked. They're going to be an Enoch generation, a generation of children that are going to be preaching now, folks, and we're preparing our kids' church for that as we have our meetings, as we have our meetings to go back to church. We're going to release children in in the children's church to preach to each other. We're going to release children to worship. We're going to release children to carry the very presence. We're going to release the children to lay hands on each other because we believe that they carry an Enoch anointing, which is that they walk so closely with God that they don't even see anything else. They walk through this dark world and it's not going to touch them because they're going to be so close with God. And I see Joseph's when I look across these screens. I see, I see Samuels, I see, I see Jacobs, I see the great deliverers of our time, I see Deborahs, and, and I see them, I see Rahabs here on this screen, I see them, I see Esthers, I see them, I see them. And if you've got to look into the mirror of the reflection of God, and you've got to see that for yourself, because it doesn't matter how much we talk, how much we preach. If you don't get a revelation of who you are in Christ yourself, you will always walk in darkness because you will not walk in freedom. Have a look into the mirror of the very glory of God standing in front of you and ask him to show you who you are and what do you carry for this day that we live in. You are not mortals. We are not of this world. We may be in it, but we're not of it. We are passing through. We are here for a purpose and a plan, and that is to bring deliverance to the captives and to manifest the very glory of God as Jesus did. Amen? And so there's portals that are going to open over your life. As we come into the house of God, I believe as we connect all those now everyone understanding a portal a gateway to heaven that is direct access to god that you have because of the blood of jesus christ it's not because of what you've done or what you will do or how many times you prayed this week you have direct access into the very presence of god beyond the veil into the holy of holies into the most holy place you have direct access to that place. And if you have direct access to that place, that means that you carry a portal or a gateway to heaven in your life. 
Now, can you imagine if you activate that before we come back to church? If you just allow God to activate that? I'm not talking that you have to go out in the streets and save millions of people and lay hands on the six. I'm talking about just let him activate that access, that space where you truly believe that you are here not as a problem, not as a victim, but as an overcomer and a problem solver because you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords abiding in your very own heart. Same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in your mortal body. It's time to let him out. It's time to let the resurrection power work in you, Lauren. It's time to let the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ work in you. Let him stand up on the inside of you. Don't be afraid of the darkness and the voices because the voice of the king is shouting over you right now, Lauren. I hear him shouting over you and I hear him shouting over you freedom and deliverance. And I believe you're going to walk into days of deep, deep healing freedom and deliverance because God is not a God who leaves us in darkness Lauren and forgets that we're there he doesn't lock us in a room and shut the door and forget that that child is in that room in darkness no he's the God that kicks down the door he's the God that smashes the darkness he's the God that comes and opens the windows and opens the blinds and lets the light into that room and he cradles his child. He lifts you up in his arms and he says, come on, child, let's get out of this place. That's my God. And he's coming for you, Lauren. He has not forgotten you. He's coming for you. You are his child. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going through these screens here and um, I'm looking for Rach. Rach, can you put your screen on for a sec? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. There you are. Thank you, Lord God. I just saw this morning uh, there was a fresh wave of glory pouring down over you this morning. I can see it right now in your, in your home. You may not be able to see it with human eyes, but I see it with the eyes of the spirit. And I, I just see that there's like a haze over you. There's a haze all around your house. And the Lord says, I'm not finished with you yet. Yes, one door is shut, but I am the God that opens doors. I am the God that shuts doors and I am the God that opens doors. And I have in store for you a plan that you have not even imagined. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard nor is it entered into the imagination of Rachel what I have in store for those who love me. And you love him. You love him with an undying love. And that love may wane at times, but he never leaves you and he never forsakes you. And he's right there right now. He says that he's assigned angels for this day for you because there's new territories you're going to go into that, that, that are more dark than you've walked in before. And you go, God, I don't want to walk into any more darkness. I just want to have some joy. Do you know the joy that comes from, from walking into the realms and the promises and the purpose of God? Do you know the joy that comes from when you see people set free, the captives set free because of the glory that's on your life? There's no greater joy than that. There's no great, no, no temporary joy can give you what God can give you. And he's opening those doors for you, Rachel. Doors, doors, doors. I see doors of government opening. I don't know why or where or how, but I see doors of government opening. I see God giving you a voice in specific spaces to make changes and to make differences. I want you to watch that movie, Harriet, and I want you to let, let it speak to you, Rachel. 
because you're, you're one that's going to lead people out, lead people out in the sphere of influence that God has given you. You're not just there to minister to people in darkness. You're there to bring light into that darkness and for the darkness to abate, for the darkness to totally dissolve. You are a light bearer and you can change things in Jesus' name. And, you know, I'm just looking here through the screens because God's on me this morning. You know, this morning I'm, I'm thinking we probably won't go to breakout rooms because I just feel like God's on something here. We're going to go to a worship song in a minute. I really feel like God's going to impart something to every household during this worship song that he gave me to play this morning. He said, play this song. And it's an old song, came to my mind. And he gave me to play it this morning because I feel like God's on this this morning. Cam Harvey and Sarah, you know, don't be dismayed or, or feel like, you know, you're hidden at the moment. You know, you, you may not be a pilot right now, Cam Harvey, flying through the air, but you are an eagle. And the Lord has taken you to heights that you've never been before. The Lord has taken you with eagle's eyes to see. And don't, you know, don't become bitter by what you see. Don't become discouraged by what you see because he's going to show you things that others aren't seeing and you're going to not understand why aren't others seeing what I'm seeing and you're going to feel angry about that, you know. But when you're up in that plane as a pilot, there's many people that can't fly that plane, right? Would you go back to that? Would you get out of your pilot seat and walk back to all those people that are your passengers and say, hey, I'm really discouraged with you that you can't fly my plane? No, you wouldn't because you know you've been trained and equipped to fly that plane and if they flew it, it would crash. And God has trained and equipped you to fly a plane that is higher than the planes that you have flown before, to go to altitudes that are much higher than you've ever been before. He's given you eyes of an eagle to see. And then the Lord says there'll come a time to speak, but at the moment I want you to be still and be quiet because I'm showing you things of things to come and people aren't ready. Those passengers aren't ready to fly in that plane yet. They're being trained and equipped, but they're not ready yet. And so God sent you as a forerunner to show you things and the things that you hide in your heart and you pray through and you let God strengthen and equip you for the day when he will release your voice to bring change. Amen. Hallelujah. And I see you there right alongside of him, Sarah, flying with him right alongside, actually a little bit below him. And then I see all your kids like little baby, baby eaglets flying and your whole family. I just declare your whole family is going to fly in God. You've been called as a family. You've been called as a unit and God is forming that. He's putting it together like glue. He's He's forming something that is so, so long standing. Don't feel like you've only got a short amount of time. You know, I know that when we see the signs of the times and we see what's happening, we can easily go, oh, we have to hurry up. We get into a panic mode. We have to warn everybody really quickly, you know, that God works in peace. You know, you've got to make sure that that dove is still sitting on your shoulder. And as you walk, walk, as Bill Johnson says, walk with 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 the knowledge that the presence of God is sitting on your shoulder, walk with the knowledge that the dove is there. To be wise as serpent, but gentle as doves. That's what I would say in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that. Deb Williams, I know the Lord has used you many times as an intercessor through the years, and I know that he continues to use you. I'll wait till you put your thing on because you're going to record it. Yeah. 
So I'll just say that again, Deb Williams, I know that God has used you as an intercessor through the years, many, many years, and he continues to use you. But I say that he's raising you up with a, with a greater authority than you've ever carried before. Don't be, don't be dismayed by the things that he gives you to pray and the things that he shows you, although they're, they're things that look like horror stories in your mind. But God is showing you how to rise above that and how to pray into those situations. And you've got to know that every word you pray, God hears. You have direct access to that portal. God has opened a portal over your life that cannot be shut by any darkness. And God is using you even to break through things in our church, in our region, and in this community. I believe it is no accident that God has connected you to our church at this time and to this region. I believe that you carry an authority and, uh, and, and, and intercessory prayers that are breaking ground they're breaking ground for the new day in God. And God is going to visit this place. He is, as he has promised many, many, many times to us, that Jesus would come and plant his feet in the center stage of our church and the glory of God would fall. And there would be a great revival and a move of God that would go out even to the nations. And I'm not letting go of that. I know you're not letting go of that, Deb. And it's in your heart. And God has called you to the region of the Central Coast to pray over uh, the region in, a, in, a, in an authoritarian way. He's given you a realm of authority that is, is above normal intercessory prayers. It's, it's above, it's fivefold ministry authority. And we release that over you this morning and we thank God for the partnership of the spirit that we needed in this time in your life, Deb. We thank you so much, Deborah Williams, for what God has placed in your heart and the years and the tears that you have paid for this gift, the, the losses you've had, the, 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 the devastation in your life that you've walked through to carry this gift, and yet you said, God, I will still carry it and I will not let go. And so we honour that in you. We honour that in you and we declare that you are a patriarch, you are, you are a pioneer and that you are a woman of God whom we greatly respect and honour and we receive your prayers and we thank God for them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Father. Meg, I thank you, God, for Meg. I thank you, God, as she steps into this new role of team leader over our kids. Thank you, Lord, that this is, an, this is, a, this is written in the book. It's written in the book. It's written in the book of your life. It's written there. It's written there that you would be a mother to hundreds of children. It's written that you would have a heart that, 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 that gathers children. And I believe it's written in your book that you will be the one that will mother and pastor this Enoch generation to release what's inside of them, release the call of God inside their lives, to teach them how to walk in naturally, in the very presence of God and in the glory of God while they have fun and while they laugh and while they enjoy themselves, the glory of God is going to come into that kids' church in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for Edmund. I thank you for, for this man who is so supportive of his wife, this gift of God that you have given Meg, this foundation that you've given her where her feet can be planted with her husband and that he would give her the covering that she needs 
to move in the way God. Thank you that it was Ed's prophecy and Ed's suggestion that, that Meg, maybe God's given you many children, Meg. Maybe God's given you many children. And we agree with that, Ed. I agree with that, that that was a word from God. And you heard God on that. So we release, just release, just stretch your hands towards Meg. If you can see her, if you can't, just stretch your hands. She can feel them. Father, we release an anointing today for her to step into this role, to love and pastor the team of the C3 Kids team was amazing. And children, ministering to our children. And we, Father, we thank you that you will anoint her for this time and this service and this journey. We're so excited for the new season of our children in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Shane McDonald, I also see God coming to you. And, and you know, I feel like you're, you've been in a very small room, a very small room, like a jail cell, but it's got all walls. There's no bars. And I feel like you've just been bashing against the walls of that room, just going, how can I get out of here? I don't know how to get out of here. There's dints in the walls where you've basically been banging your head against a wall saying, I don't know how, God, to get out of this room. And all of a sudden, I see Jesus in the room with you. I see him come in his manifested glory into that room. And I see you come and you sink down like a little boy in age stature. And Jesus comes and he sits with you and he picks you up and he puts you on his lap. And he said, I'm going to free the child before I free the man. I'm going to free the child before I free the man. And I'm coming to the child to love the child, to love the little boy that's inside of you because it's the little boy that's trapped inside the man. And I'm going to free the little boy. I'm going to bring healing to the little boy so that he can have freedom so that he can grow into the man that you are today, Shane. God's hand is mightily upon you. He has not forgotten you. He sees you. He knows. His eyes penetrate the very core of your being and he sees that little boy inside of you and he loves you. He loves every part of your being and he is bringing healing to you. Do not despair. It is not hopeless. You are not trapped. You are not one of those Christians who just will never feel God again. But Jesus is coming into that space to meet with you. He's not taking you out. He's coming in where you are. He's going to meet you right where you are. I thank you, Lord. I commit that to you in Jesus' name. I commit this couple to you. Thank you, Father, that the glory of God would cover them. Your plans and purposes for their lives would cover them, God, right now. That you would knit their marriage together. Father, I just rebuke every divisionary spirit that's trying to destroy their lives and destroy their marriage. Thank you, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. I bind that spirit. I bind the spirit, the covenant-breaking spirit that tries to say to you it's too hard, you know, we can't do this. No, God is coming to bring covenant to you both. 
and he's coming to bind you together stronger than you've ever been before. And, you know, where, where one has carried the other more than the other one has carried the other, God is coming to carry you both. You don't have to carry each other anymore. God is coming to carry you both. I see him binding you together with cords, a three-stranded cord that he speaks about three cords. The cord of three strands is not easily broken. And it's you two together and the cord of God binding you together. And it shall not be broken in the name of Jesus. And I release love and peace over your home. And I release the joy of the Lord, hope and light in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to put this worship song on right now. And, uh, and we're just going to fight just for four minutes. And what I'm going to ask you to do, because God's really doing something here. He really is doing something here. And it's up to you. I've been in revival meetings where God comes so strong that people cannot sit in their seats that there are people wailing and falling off their chairs and there's no one conducting the meeting. I've seen 2,000 people in that state where God just comes and he visits personally each individual person with encounters and then I've looked across the room and I see someone knitting. I saw this lady sitting there just knitting, just looking around like, when's church going to start? It's like, you know, it was like God gave me a picture all those years ago what it can be like if we choose to open ourselves or we choose to stay outside. You can stay outside or you can come through the veil. It's your choice. But I'm asking you this morning in this song, during this song, to choose life, to choose God. We're going to play this song. You can, if you feel for this moment, to turn your screen off and just be with the Lord and let him minister to you without people looking at you, you can do that. And we're just going to have four minutes, four minutes where we allow God to individually speak to us and open up that portal over our lives. Thank you, Gillian. Oh, she... 
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Ashwin, I that we're in the tomb. It's still working, yes. And I saw Jesus on his knees outside the tomb. And I saw you and your two children, because we know that the third is in heaven with him, in the tomb. And Jesus was mourning with you. He was weeping with you for your loss. But I felt like he said, the time this morning is over. And joy is coming in the morning. And I saw Jesus say, open the tomb. And I saw the angels of God come and open the tomb that you three were locked in. And then you walked out. Jesus said, come out. And I saw you walk out, but you had grave clothes on. And I heard Jesus say, take the grave clothes off. And I felt like it was like you had to do that yourselves. It wasn't like God was going to send angels or send people to do that for you. But I felt like Jesus was saying, it's time that you have to have a time of prayer with your two children and you have to physically, as a, as a prophetic act, take the grave clothes off. 
Lord, we just release that. We release that word in the name of Jesus. We, we stretch our hands towards this family in great compassion for their loss. But Lord, you are the day. You are the God of the new day. And though they've been there so many days, God, you're calling them out to live the rest of their lives in light and in love and to fulfill the purposes and plans that you have for them on the earth until they once again meet their beautiful daughter. So we release that word over them in the name of Jesus and we intercede and we pray for them as a church. As God removes the grave clothes, helps them to remove the grave clothes and brings them into the light, into a day of joy. Morning is for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I feel like the Lord is saying, the morning has come for you as a family. The morning has come. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Father, thank you for this day and what you're doing already before we even return to church. You're already visiting and meeting us in the most beautiful way. We feel your presence in our homes and in our houses. What I'm going to ask you to do now is just we're going to close the service. We don't want to close the service all uppity and, you know, but I feel like God's doing something in your homes. So let's continue in that. You know, I just feel I see couples just coming off the screens and coming off the service and just praying together. I see people that are alone in their homes just coming on their knees before God for a few moments and letting God really just put into your heart what he's doing today. I see encounters in homes. I see, I see, I see strongholds broken. I see God moving. So I'm going to release you right now. It's, it's not usually the way we do it, but I'm going to release you with a prayer, and we're going to say goodbye. We're going to leave. We're going to stay in this place. Lord, I just thank you for your presence over our church, over this church of C3 Tagora. Those people that are here this morning, those that are not here this morning, and we release your glory over every part of our church, and we thank you as we encounter you, God, as we walk slowly back into that building with awe and wonder of your house, that we will bring with us something to bring to the king, a portion of the glory to bring to the king and to bring to his house and to bring to each other, that our corporate worship and our corporate joining together of you and your house, God, would open a portal in heaven and you would pour out a blessing on us that we cannot contain. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love your church. Go be with Jesus. God bless you.